what's going on everybody welcome to the fourth episode of the popcorn podcast my name is dan i'm here with my co-host chase and frankie how you guys doing you know i'm a little stressed out why are you stressed out because I just had to find my least favorite moment of The Matrix, and it was really hard for me to do so. I'm stressed out that you're trying to pretend like it's the best movie ever. <laughs> if you guys can't tell, or if you didn't listen to the last episode, we're reviewing The Matrix on this week. And uh, I love those movies, and there's definitely some issues, but when put on the spot, you know, I can't, I can't think of anything. There's also been, like, shitty stuff happening in the news. You want to talk about that, Dan? Uh, yeah, the only one that I uh, have, have to share is just re- recently, as of yesterday, breaking news for us. Breaking news, yeah. As of yesterday, July eighth, um, actress Naya Rivera has gone missing after spending a weekend on the lake with her son. Um, her son, at age four, was found on the boat asleep in his life vest. She has not been located. It is now the following day. Um, so yeah, it's Such pretty crappy news. Keep uh, her in your prayers if you're religious. If not, just send positive Keep your new thoughts. Yeah, mm. it's it's a sad situation. I'm glad. I'm really. I, we we're talking about this before the podcast. I'm really, really glad that her son's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. Like that'd be. Oh man, I couldn't. I could imagine the story. Like her and her son went missing. Yeah. Right. That that would be just terrible to read. It still is, but yeah, fuck. But keep people in your thoughts. Be careful going on lakes. Always have someone if you're in a body of water and you're leaving the boat. We don't know what happened uh, yet, so she. There's a very good chance that she is perfectly fine. That's what we're all hoping for here. But uh, it's it's gone from a, a search operation to a recovery operation, so I'm not too sure what that means. It, it's kind of what it sounds like. They're just trying to. They're assuming that the worst at this point. Gotcha. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Very sad. Other than sad news, what's been going on? Not much has been going on with me. I've just been kind of... I worked out today. I did a two-mile run, and it does might not sound like a lot for some people, but for me, that was a lot, and I'm hurting. My whole body is sore. Yeah, that's a lot for me, too. I could not do that right now. I am in uh, quarantine shape. <laughs> See, I'm trying to get out of the quarantine shape. <laughs> Frankie, you were in quarantine shape before quarantine. <laughs> I know, right? Quarantine shape. <laughs> <laughs> quarantine shape was only developed. Uh, well, you're going to be even sore tomorrow, Dan. It's always the next day that's the worst. Well, the thing is, is I, I'm going to run tomorrow, too, because I don't want to lose the soreness. I just want to keep it going. So that's the part that I'm not excited about is, like, pushing myself tomorrow to do it. That's it's usually like, uh, the best. It's the best, but it's kind of like drinking. You keep drinking to prevent the hangover, and then right. you get the hangover, and it hits. That's what you're going to be like with sore. And then either way, for either scenario, you're going to pass out. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> pass out. Between days two to four are always the worst for me if I'm working out hard. Uh, I found from personal experience, um, even though I never do this, the best, when I do do it, it always works out well, is starting light when working out so like maybe instead of running two miles run a half a mile which doesn't feel like well, you're doing was, much so I'm, I'm i'm not being totally truthful i ran a minute walked a minute ran a minute walked a minute that's still a lot man if you're out of shape i mean i wouldn't say i'm out of shape but i'm definitely not in shape so yeah it was i'm out of shape <laughs> <laughs> 
but start I slow take it easy because i was on a trail and so like the thing that kept pushing me was like well i have to get back to my car so you gotta like, go home. <laughs> i have to finish this trail <laughs> like i mean that's good motivation yeah if i was on a treadmill or something i would have ended it you know yeah my issue is when I work out too hard, I get too sore, and then I'm like, "Well, I can't work out because I'm too sore." <laughs> so I'm just, I always, I always get the best results when I start off slow and I kind of get my body back into things. And the longer you go between actually working out, like in terms of like general periods, like I'm working out for like three months in a row, you know, where I'm every two, two or three times a week, versus like how it has been right now, where I haven't worked out probably for like three months. Uh, it's gonna be a fucking pain in the ass getting back into the gym would you say three months uh probably longer yeah i was gonna say this is at least quarantine i think last time i went to may i don't think you were working out in april um three months ago was april three months ago was may what the fuck well i'm I'm including july that we're in and i'm pretending like july is almost over so yeah it was pretty much april i mean Okay, July just started. We're good. All yeah, right. Well, beginning of April, we were watching Lord of the Rings. Or Harry yeah, Potter. I think the last time I worked out was probably like February. I don't think I ever went to the gym in March. I think February you, was the last time I worked out. You worked out at uh, Universal. You walked around Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, the, our goal, though, is to get Frankie in shape enough to where he can actually ride the ride. At <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did we, did we mention that on the podcast? I don't know if we should. a little breakdown guys we went to harry potter world we went to go ride the forbidden journey which is one of the rides in harry potter world and frankie could not yeah you know i should have seen it coming but he did fit on hagrid's ride which i didn't understand do you you remember the girl push it into him like here's where the issue lies even when i wasn't uh extremely out of shape like three years ago or so i could barely fit on the forbidden journey because i've just got a big ass fucking chest got uh, a big frame i do and having a big chest on an overhead ride you know i couldn't even i don't but know I why didn't I understand anything. no offense to those people but there was bigger people <laughs> way bigger people than you riding those rides <laughs> I, I was just very confused why it was affecting you i have a big ass chest bro that's literally yeah, it. Those people have big bellies, and he has a big upper shoulder chest area that affects him more. Yeah, I think he's built like a linebacker. <laughs> sure, he got yeah. fired ten years ago. Not built like a lineman who got fired, bro. If <laughs> <laughs> I kept doing the lineman diet. <laughs> Back in high school, when I was a lineman, I was super underweight, and my coach put me on a seafood eat food diet because I was losing way too much weight to stay on the line. Uh, during the beginning of football season, I lost like 30 or 40 pounds every year. Like I was losing it just too much weight because it was really hard workouts. We were doing like two a days. I remember one weekend, it was three a days for like four days straight. I ran out of water on the first day. Uh, I was completely dehydrated. I lost over 10 or 15 pounds in that three day period. I came home and came down with the flu because of how dehydrated it was. Uh, because I ran out of water on the first day and I wouldn't eat because every time I ate, I threw up because of how hard we were working out. So I, I just got too scared to eat. <laughs> I can't imagine you being scared to eat. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I remember what, yeah, literally could not eat. I was only eating like bread because I remember one night we had like pasta from like Pizza Hut and I got bread instead. 
uh because i was like <laughs> i can put down bread yeah uh camp is fun camp is really fucking intense i lost a lot of weight. senior year i lost like five to ten pounds over a three-day period and i could actually eat and i brought enough water uh but they also toned it down senior year because of shit that happened junior year uh but yeah i was losing a lot of weight when i was on the it's called the frankie law it you can't uh you can't overwork them like that (laughs) (laughs) frankie law established circa 2013. (laughs) 2012 was when it was really bad but yeah i i remember my and it's probably it's actually kind of insensitive now that i think about it my coach would call me the king of the ethiopians Oh, how much- coach, coach was bullying you. <laughs> he was saying because of how much weight I was losing. You can't stay on top of that list, man. And he was telling me to keep to keep gaining. He was like, "See, food, eat food. You eat everything you see because you need to gain some more weight." Uh, and I did, but not really. I think the heaviest I was during football was like two forty, if that, maybe two fifty my senior year. But I was kind of small for a lineman. There was other linemen who were smaller than me, but most of them were way bigger than. It's funny how when you look back, how something times have changed in the past eight years. <laughs> times have really changed. Uh, is there any like news going on in the entertainment media, or aside from the the news? Not that- really. I tried to find some, but not much. Guess- More movies have been delayed, but what's new? Yeah, we talked about that in today that AMC. Um, uh, shoot. Uh, they're trying to find a deal to end their their bankruptcy so that's good we'll see they got a new debt deal so hopefully that works out for them i mean they're obviously probably the largest movie theater in the country and yeah i seeing an article posted i think it was the la times this morning talking about hollywood and covid and how it's completely change the face of both the film and the tv industry because mm-hmm. for an entire quarter production completely stopped i think it was down 99 percent compared to where it was last year in terms of production it's the same with um like talk shows i I read an article the other day from james corden and he was saying that before his job was very much about like the slapstick gag kind of like funny little things like jimmy fallon you know uh doing the lip sync battle or him doing carpool karaoke or like jimmy kimmel reading mean tweets it was all very like comical and he was saying that for him he's noticed that working through the pandemic his interviews are very like more deep and they're just more serious and he talks about real things and he was saying that like for him he'll never be able to go back to that style of interview because he just feels like he has really appreciated the way that interviews are changing now and he was like i I will never again be able to just like do a funny little thing just for nothing like damn it's it's changing the industry. It's really changing the industry. And I'm hoping the industry can recover. I, I really, I'm worried. Maybe I'm too worried, but I'm really worried that some of our favorite film studios are going to struggle to recover from the pandemic just because of how long this particular section of the economy has been completely shut down. Yeah. I think it's- out of anything in movies, I think the film studios are going to be the most fine. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm more so worried about the chains, too. I'm really yeah. worried about the, the movie theater chains. The mom and pop theaters, the bigger yeah, chains, the, too. The chains will be fine, but, I mean, Warner Brothers, you know, Universal, they're all going to be okay. They're billion-dollar companies. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And, 
while the world is getting stricken by a pandemic, we watched that video just before the podcast of someone running themselves into the front door of a restaurant licking the window because they want to be let in without a mask. People just... <laughs> people are something, man. I don't know why I'm surprised. You know, it's another glitch in the Matrix. I shouldn't be surprised about this type of stuff anymore. When there's little... 7 billion people, you should expect the worst. <laughs> I have a little bit too much faith in all of humanity. <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably go as to say we're the worst species on the planet. <laughs> Without a doubt. You may not be wrong. Including bees. <laughs> hey, bees are so important. Wasps, on the other hand. Fuck wasps. <laughs> Fuck wasps. I don't like bees, but they're important. The world, the world would literally break down without bees. Wasps just fuck around. Same with mosquitoes. I mean, I guess they help keep populations down. I was watching that you say mosquitoes. 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 I mean, mosquitoes. Like mosquitoes. I say it like ma, but you say it like how it's actually spelled. You're like mo. Mosquitoes. 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 I feel like I didn't know I said it weird. You know, sometimes I just I talk and I have an accent and I don't know where it comes from. Uh, I'm gonna go and say Peru. No, remember when I talk like a British guy? Sometimes you know it just kind of slips out there. Blacks on bottom. <laughs> I'll just say stuff and it just comes out in some accent. I don't even know. Funniest thing. Blacks on bottom. <laughs> I don't. I don't know uh, what causes it. Freudian slip. Maybe it's my my other life's coming through they wanted to play ps4 as well they want to know which controller is on which side <laughs> all right boys you guys uh ready to get into the reviews for this episode or you guys have anything else i'm ready no. to go let's talk about this I love The Matrix. Guys, if you didn't already know, we said at the beginning of the episode, we said at the end of last week's episode, go listen to that one too if you haven't watched this one. Uh, We're going to be talking about The Matrix and all of its glory and its somewhat questionable sequels. It's our final film in our adventure genre binge. Yeah, action, adventure. Action, action, not adventure. I picked The Matrix, Dan picked Spider-Man, Chase picked Indiana Jones, right? That sounds correct. Yeah. So this is my pick, boys. And let me tell you, I'm excited. Uh, you want to get into the the OG, Dan? Yeah, so I'll go into The Matrix. came out in 1999. It was directed by the then Wachowski brothers. And um, it centers around a computer hacker, Keanu Reeves, um, as he learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against its controllers. Um, 
That's a good explanation that doesn't spoil it if you have it first. But it's essentially exactly what it's about. Neo is a man who gets intertwined uh, in a much bigger plot than he thought he was going to be. And um, he kind of becomes the, the Harry Potter of the series. Yeah, he is the one. If you guys haven't seen The Matrix, I highly recommend you watch the original. That one is for really no matter your taste. I love this movie. We're going to get more into it in our review. Uh, stop listening. Watch the at least the original. See how you like it. You could skip out on the sequels. I love them to death. Uh, but we're going to get a lot more spoilery from here on out. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I feel like this. I, I like this movie too. It's a pretty good movie. I enjoy it a lot. Yes, the I first feel movie... like. Go. No, I was just gonna say the first movie. I mean, is the best of the bunch without a doubt. Yeah, I think critically, it's it's not even a question. This movie was really ahead of its times in the themes, and what's going on now. We're getting into spoilers. It's about us living in a simulation, pretty much. The The entire world lives in a simulation, and we're controlled by machine robots, which doesn't sound very good, but the story that's being told is incredible, and there's such high stakes, and the tension's really high, and it's a very centered and grounded story in the first one. It's more so about their personal relationships, uncovering what is the Matrix, how do we kind of beat the Matrix, uh, and the programs with within that are trying to stop people from escaping uh and it's really good and it's got some scenes outside of the matrix it's got really amazing performances i think the two standout roles are kiana reeves as neo and lawrence fishburne as morpheus i could talk about this movie all day <laughs> you know uh but i think my favorite aspect of the the entire trilogy but really the first matrix is the stunts and the fighting and just the the Wachowski's attention to the like really the like modern American kung fu. Yeah, uh, it, it really it seems like almost like an old school like kung fu, like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, not Jackie Chan, but Bruce Lee. Film, Except you know? super whitewashed. Yeah, uh, it, I think the dojo scene kind of summarizes it perfectly. There's a lot of different martial arts that are used in the film, uh, and it makes for extremely exciting fight sequences, which is a lot. There's a lot of fight sequences. There's guns, there's hand-to-hand fighting, there's slow motion because they live in a simulation, so they can kind of mess with that stuff as they want. Uh, And Neo has just the most badass powers. And Keanu Reeves, I think, is one of the best actors in the game when it comes to doing his own stunts. There's a couple of actors that do just as good as Keanu, but he's up there at the top of, like, he does all of his own stuff, and he's so good when it comes to that regard. What's your guys' favorite aspects of the, uh, the first <laughs> film? <laughs> um, for me, my favorite thing about the first film, I would say, is just the, like, the, it's the beginning. And I always love, like, beginning movies. I really love, like, the moment where, he takes the pill and then he wakes up and you're kind of as the audience member like, oh, what the hell? And you realize like everything that's actually going on is like my favorite part, I'd say, of the first film is like that beginning moment where you realize, holy shit, 
like this is this is twisted. Yeah, they do he's really good world all those building. things, and he's in like the goopy water. Yeah, they do really good world building where they show you enough, and you kind of know, but they don't tell you everything. At least not in the first movie, you know. Yeah, and it really brings you in, and I think even people who haven't seen the matrix know of like the red pill blue pill it just i feel like that's one of the most iconic scenes in cinema uh and it's so good chase you saw the matrix for the first time with us correct or had you seen it before that was my first time ever what were your thoughts so i think leading up into the movie you had always spoke about the action and I think that's really what stuck out to me the most is I love the fight scenes and I love the aspect of just the world of the Matrix where you are able to input a certain fighting technique into your head and you have it, right? You, I know Kung Fu. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know Taekwondo. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's, it, that, that's such a cool thing to be able to just like program yourself. And it's super unique, right? And because of that, you get these very cool fighting sequences within the film, you know, uh, towards the end of the movie and that makes it really cool but like you said the the world building just the whole world in general just the fact that it's computer simulated and everyone in this entire world has no idea what's going on but neo kind of like puts the pieces together and then he meets you know morpheus and the gang and you know i found all of that unique and i really did enjoy the first movie because of the world building i thought the uh, pacing was great i thought the characters are great and I, most of all, you know, I was looking forward to an action movie because of what Frankie had spoke about before, and it uh, it hit the mark for sure. It delivers in that aspect. For you guys, would you rather be like one of the rebellions and would rather be out of that world and fighting for the real one, or would you rather just not know, like ignorance is bliss? I watched this movie with my sister, and she was very adamant that she would rather just not know She'd be like cipher. Like, I wouldn't want to like, I wouldn't want to just eat like goop every single day and living in this shitty area. Like I would rather just not know. And I was like, mm-hmm. see, I wouldn't rather not know. I would rather be in my real world. Yeah. I, I don't would... know. How would you guys like, what would you rather? You know, the anarchist in me is like, let's fucking tear it all down. Let's destroy the simulation, free everyone's mind. Like the, the, you know, the, the part of you is like, I don't want to eat that shit every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can, you can understand Cypher. He's one of the characters in the films. He's almost like Judas to Jesus. Like, I know this steak isn't real. Yeah. But, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, yeah, he sits down with Agent Smith. He betrays the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar. And he wants to forget everything he knows about the real world and get plugged back in because it's just easier that way. And you, mm-hmm. he's a horrible character. You really can't blame him. You know, like it's, it's a fucked up world they live in. And it's not an easy task to ask someone to destroy their reality to try to save a reality that they live in. They have no idea. sells them away to the agent. Yeah. He, he sells his soul to the devil. Uh, and it's really... He's a character that pisses a lot of people off, but I think the actor did a great job at making you get pissed off at him, you know? Uh, I I don't know. I feel like, obviously, me right now would be like, yeah, I'd tear it all down. But if I'm in that situation, I'd probably, I'd be like, you know, I'd take the red pill because I'm curious. But would I want to go back? That's the real question. Like, would I do what Cypher did? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it could sell out. That's the real question. You got to answer it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd sell out my crew, but there, there's the possibility that I would want to go back, depending Take on that how. equation out of it. You don't have to necessarily sell out the crew. It's more yeah. about just would you rather know or not know? Yeah, I think knowing after the fact, that's hard. It, mm-hmm. Like, if I'm Neo, I guess I'd rather know because he has the power to take it down. But I guess anyone has the power to take it down. Neo is just the one that did it. He believed in himself is kind of the whole point of the movies. Because like there's really not too much... Well, yes, there is stuff special about him. That's in the sequels, and we'll get into that. Uh, but he's just this guy who is important, extremely important, but he just believes in himself. And that's kind of the whole thing. It's like Neo believes in himself, and he believes he's the one, and he's able to do the things that the one can do because he believes in himself. If I'm Neo, hell yeah. If I'm not Neo, I don't know. That's scary to put all your trust in someone. The Matrix is a, a terrifying, a terrifying. I would for sure not want to know. I think ignorance is bliss. Uh, for sure, in that regard, I would rather eat steak every day and think it is, you know, a New York cut, and not have to worry about thinking the world is fake. Um, and I would just like to enjoy that life as much as I could. So I would, if I was Neo, obviously he doesn't really have a choice. He kind of figured it out himself. But for myself. Being a big dumb idiot, I think I would pretend that the world is how it is. You know what's the uh, the most one of the most interesting questions posed by the film? It's during mm-hmm. the scene where Morpheus is getting interrogated by Mister Smith, and he says how this isn't the first time they've done the Matrix, and the first time the machines created a utopia. For the humans, the most perfect world that they could imagine, but it didn't work because the human mind rejected it because they didn't believe it was real because it was too perfect. So they had to destroy that entire simulation and create it all over again, where it was a very broken world that is our own. With a lot of fucking problems with our world right now, because human mind wouldn't like accept that, and it really just is like fuck. You know, I feel like if because it kind of begs the question like, that people are always saying, like, do we live in a simulation? I feel like if we did, it wouldn't be utopia for that very reason. Like, I feel like Mr. Smith's got a point right there. I don't think humans could like, live in perfect utopia. We're such imperfect beasts that we just couldn't prosper in that type of environment. Yeah, we, we'd create, we'd sow discord. You know, we, we would create just turmoil. <laughs> it's just like, fuck. Yeah, it'd be absolute madness. It, it's really. It's, it, it poses a lot of philosophical questions and it has badass fight scenes as well. Uh, I think everyone that's listening can tell we love The Matrix. If you guys have watched this movie, we're going to be posting on Instagram about this movie. Let us know your thoughts in the comments, what you guys think about this movie. There's people out there who don't like The Matrix. If you don't like The Matrix, tell us why. You know, Kind of inform us on your opinions. Uh, but I love this movie and I love the ideas posed by it as well. Yeah, I don't know if you said it, actually, but it just comes across my head, but it's so ahead of its time, right? Like, the past few years, we have joked around about, is the world a simulation, right? But this movie came out in 1999, Yeah, and we're talking about it. Before electronics, like, even really, like, took off, I'd say. Right? Like, imagine the cell phones back then. They're these big, bulky devices, like, and computers were just getting started. Internet, yeah, before Y2K, the internet was just a mere little thing started a couple years before that, and 
it has changed so much. And 20 years later, it's just like, wow, they were onto something. Can you imagine if the Matrix came out nowadays? I think a lot of people's brains would be like, okay, yeah, I could see that. Right? <laughs> it's so believable almost. You'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a cool true crime. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the Matrix 4, too. Uh, Same day as John Wick. Yeah, I hope it still comes out in time because they had to pause production. I feel like it won't come out the same. Like it is probably not anymore. They started filming in February and they paused production. I think it's supposed March. to come out in April, right? Next April year. next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah it literally still... comes out the same day as John Wick Chapter Four, which if you guys don't know, I fucking love the John Wick trilogy as well. Keanu Reeves is my man crush. He is probably my favorite Hollywood action movie star. We'll talk Every, about that later. Everything Keanu is my favorite. Uh, you say that again, Dan? You, you're kind of quiet. Uh, I said, who's yours, Chase? Uh, well, mine's Tom Cruise, and I know how much you guys think about him. <laughs> I saw a but, video of uh, Tom Cruise filming uh, Mission Impossible. I think it was Rogue Nation, the one where at the beginning he's hanging off the plane. He's literally, that's not CGI. No, he did his own stunts for that film. The dude is batshit insane. I thought that scene was fucking CGI. What fucking no. madman? Even if you're harnessed in, what fucking madman hangs off the side of a plane? No, you but then, Frankie, have you seen the newest one? Um, no. Uh, Ghost Protocol or something like that? Ghost, not Ghost Protocol. That's the fourth one. The sixth one. I, um, <laughs> I forget what it's called. You said Rogue Nation. Um, but in this one, he literally falls out the plane and they had to shoot the shot like 50 different times because they the, the director wanted the sunset to be perfect. Oh so my if God. The, the scene wasn't perfect one time, you ha- you can't do it again because they're up 30,000 feet in the air when he falls out of the plane. So they had oh to redo it 50 God. days in a row. And Tom Cruise did every single time because the man is oh, crazy and he does his own stunts. Who the fuck's the director? He's a fucking psychopath. I love it. Well, that was probably the best Mission Impossible I've ever seen. One of the best. Uh, action movies I've ever seen. Fallout, I mean, that's what it's called. We always talk about films using, especially made in the early 2000s, using way too much CGI and not enough practical effects. I'm glad that movies still do practical effects, like Tom Cruise falling out of a fucking plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe that. That's awesome. I gotta watch these movies now. I've heard so many good things about him. It reminds me of like John Wick. I never wanted to see John Wick back in the day, and I kept on hearing great mm-hmm. things. I'm just like, ah, it looks cheesy. It looks shitty, you know? And yeah. someone whose opinion I respected very much told me, I was like, no, watch this movie. It's amazing. Like, you're going to love it. I watched the movie, and I fucking loved it. Well, and the same thing, uh, Keanu does his own stunts in John Wick. So yeah. um, I don't believe he does every single one, but about 90% of them he does. So you got to give him credit for those as well. Yeah, I remember I was watching a YouTube video one time of like some, uh, I think it was like a police, some, like, like a police instructor, I believe it was, uh, kind of critiquing his form. And he was just talking about how good Keanu was throughout the entire movie. And there's like some issues here and there. But like ninety percent of the movie, he was just like on point with every single bit of his form and like how he was like going about CQB combat because there's so much action in those movies too. Mm-hmm. That's I did not know that. Yeah, I literally found that out today that Tom Cruise actually that wasn't CGI where he held on mm-hmm. to a point. No, he's freaking awesome in those. Madman, and he's going to space too. 
I was reading a joke about it was the power of Scientology holding him on. <laughs> but did you guys actually see that he's going to space for a movie? That's a lie. No, it's not. What? No, he is legit going to go shoot in space with Elon Musk with SpaceX for a movie. For what movie? I, I'd have to look it up. I um. Would this be the first film ever? The entire cast has to get training no i believe most of it's gonna be in cgi but because tom cruise does his own fucking stunts he's gonna be in space for it baby there's almost like a level of like arrogance (laughs) (laughs) i'm just waiting for the headline like tom cruise like shoots guns in space first human being to ever do this (laughs) well just look at you just go on google type in tom cruise space it's deadline tom cruise plots movie to shoot in space like it's it's happening baby i'm stoked Oh my god. I'll look that up. Uh, we're getting a bit off topic though, so I yes, think do we have anything to say about the Matrix or should I move on to Reloaded? Let's do Reloaded. Awesome. Well, about three years after the critical success of the Matrix, uh, the Wachowskis made two sequels filmed at the same time. They came out back to back. The first of those sequels is The Matrix Reloaded. Uh, the description for this movie is Freedom Fighters, Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus, which is Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, continue to lead the re- revolution against the machine army, unleashing their arsenal of extraordinary skills and weaponry against the systematic forces of repression and exploitation. In their quest to save the human race from extinction, they gain greater instruct into the construct of the Matrix and Neo's pivotal role in the fate of mankind. If that sounded confusing to you, don't worry, you're not alone. Uh, because that's probably the most common criticism of this film. The Matrix Reloaded is a lot of fluff and a lot of confusing plot. I really appreciate a lot of it, because it really goes deep. Uh, But there's a lot going on in this movie. Before I get more into it, what are your guys' thoughts on the sequel? I gotta be completely honest, I don't remember a lot of it. Um, I'd say the parts that stick out the most in my mind are when he fights the men in the room while simultaneously Trinity and Morpheus are like trying fights to fight the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Um, that scene's badass. It's my favorite scene. It's a, it's a badass scene, and then also the scene in the bank. Mm-hmm. The scene in the bank, or maybe that's not this movie. <laughs> Is that the train? No, they're like in a bank. No, that's uh, that that's Batman: The Dark Knight. <laughs> they're, like, they're like in this big bank building, and they like go in slow mo and they hide behind the pillars. No, that's the first movie. That's the best scene in the whole trilogy, in my opinion. That's oh, the okay. first. That's when they go save uh, Morpheus. Yeah, no, that's the oh. first movie. Yes, I love yes. how long you let me explain that. Like you. Need- <laughs> Well, I assumed it was that the second you said the bank, because I was like, I think I know what he's talking about. Uh, but I wanted to kind of see if I was wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you're not the only one. Chase? Um, <laughs> so I just want to like preface this with, I, was, I got tested for COVID the Friday we watched Matrix, and I was uh, self-isolating that entire weekend as deadly ill. So we watched The Matrix the first night, and we watched Reloaded Saturday and Revolution Sunday. And by Reloaded that night, I was so done with everything. I This movie sucked, in my opinion, probably because of COVID, <laughs> but also because of I just didn't enjoy it. 
Um, and I was thinking to myself, we were talking about the Matrix, the first movie, just a, minute, a couple months ago. It's like if someone talked to me about the Matrix and I showed it to them, they'd be like, "Wow, is there a sequel?" I'd be like, "Nah, they didn't make anything after the first one." <laughs> and that's kind of what I feel. I just, I, I feel like the the plot of the first one, the world building around it. There was so much they could have done with it, and I just feel like they fell flat with it in the sequels. And not to say the sequels are bad, like the action's freaking awesome. Um, but I guess I just don't care for the characters as much. Yeah. They don't drag me in as much in the second or the third movie, which we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes. But it just it doesn't hit the mark for me, and that's unfortunate. But I I want to watch the fourth one, but I don't. I think after seeing the second and third, I don't know if I'm too interested in it. There's a lot of characters that get added on to the second and third movie. So there's a lot going on. It seemed like the plot was going one direction. Very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Repeat that, Dan. You were kind of out of focus. I just said that like their purpose sometimes is hard to understand. It really is. It really is. Like They not only introduce a bunch of characters, but I found myself a lot like thinking, like, what are they here for? Like... Why are they here? Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest issue, in my opinion, with the second film, I love it. Let me let me preface with this: I, this movie holds a lot of sentimental value. You never have to repeat that you love it again. <laughs> it holds a lot of sentimental value because I watched this movie a ton when I was a little kid. I saw the second and the third one in theaters, and you know, seeing these movies, nothing was more badass. Like I didn't get to see the nineteen ninety nine film in theaters. I was like three or four years old, you know. Uh, these movies I saw in theaters with my dad, and I loved watching these movies. And I remember watching the second one. I was so excited for the third one, the second it ended. But there is a lot of issues when it comes to the plot and it comes to characterization. There's a lot of characters that get added to the film. Their roles are kind of unknown. Like Even knowing what's going on, it's like, all right, there's, there's a lot going on here. It's off-putting to a lot of people. And more so, it's almost needlessly convoluted because the, the story direction seems like it's going one way. Like there's a revolution that needs to happen, but then you find out so much stuff and that there's the Oracle. Or that's the third one, I guess, but there's an architect. You're not able to fully like break it down. Cause you're just completely lost. <laughs> yeah. There, there's been like six different iterations of the matrix and they keep on destroying it and bringing it back. And the programs are putting are like the reasons for getting recreated. And there's a lot going on. And like I said, there's a lot of fluff. There's like the there's characters that really don't need to be in the film, and they they're there for action purposes, such as uh, the Merovingian. And I guess he's supposed to be really important. He's supposed to be in the fourth one. But there's characters like the program, the Merovingian. That's the French guy. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't understand his storyline at all. Like, I didn't understand what they were trying to get from him. They wanted a key. Yes. They wanted the key maker. They wanted to meet with the key maker to. I don't even remember at this point. Right? <laughs> there's a lot going on in this movie, and there's a bit too much going on. And like I said, it's a bit needlessly complex. Think of some of your favorite movie movies that you can't even find anything wrong with. You don't even know what they're about. Well, I'm just letting you know. I'm being very unbiased right now in kind of my depiction, and it's very needlessly convoluted. Uh, I still really enjoy it, and the reason why I really enjoy these movies is because the action is fucking phenomenal. There is such... 
Neo becomes such a, there's a, I believe it's six months past between the Matrix and the Matrix Reloaded. Neo becomes a badass motherfucker. Where at the end of the Matrix, mm-hmm. he just beats an agent for the very first time. No one in history has ever fought an agent and survived. Neo does it. He's fucking sick. Sorry for all the cursing. And this one, though, he is fighting everyone and anyone. There are scenes where he stops bullets right in front of his face, and he's fighting like 10 different guys at once. Morpheus and Trinity are fighting on a freeway where there's just dozens of agents and cops, and the agents can morph into anyone because there are hundreds of cars in the freeway. That freeway scene is sick. It's probably the best scene of the sequel, you know? Uh, it's such a good action sequence. And the fighting scenes are great. But the movie, I believe it's like two and a half hours long. And it can drag at some points. If it's not two and a half hours long, it sure as hell feels like it. You know? Where it can drag. And there's convoluted aspects to the plot. And like really paying attention and watching it at the time. I was like, okay, I understand like the architect and stuff like that. But thinking back, and I'm just like, well... Yeah, you know, it's unnecessary. Like, I like it. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. But it's really unnecessary with how they handled it. And I guess it's the... You know, sometimes films get better with age. I don't think The Matrix Reloaded is one of them. Maybe years from now it'll get better with age. Uh, I don't think The Wachowskis are bad filmmakers by any means. Because they've done some amazing work. But this one is really complicated yeah and it was res- not a different frankie than 30 minutes ago <laughs> well, I, I've t- I wasn't put on the spot now i just i could say my thoughts like it's natural uh, i can't do stuff on the spot all the time <laughs> i was on the spot earlier viewers out there about 40 minutes ago chase and i were struggling to get frankie to come up with one thing that was wrong with the movie with, with the trilogy, <laughs> with the entire trilogy, I had to think of my least favorite aspect. I was like, "Well, fuck, I can't think of anything." <laughs> I was put on the spot. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add about this movie? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Okay. Not a uh, bad movie by any means. Um, just definitely not like what I would want from a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, one thing I would yeah. like to say is I don't like the way you guys, well, Frankie at least is when you say like the action's so good, like the action can't make a movie. Like you still need to have acting to make a movie to make <laughs> right? it like, interesting and make Hobbs and Shaw sound like it's better. Like, than it is. like if oh, Hobbs and Shaw was a silent, f- like if Hobbs and Shaw was a silent film, you can go listen to podcast four or whatever it was. If Hobbs and Shaw was a silent film, that movie would be a 10 out of fucking 10 because the action's amazing. But there is acting in it, and they have two of the worst actors in the world as the main characters. <laughs> and so, when you go to the Matrix and you add Keanu, who who is a very dull actor in the first place, like and tr- is holding a franchise, like it, yeah, the action's awesome, but the acting's not, and that's kind of what hurts this series is uh, after the first film. So that's kind yeah. of what I wanted to say on there. Yeah, I would agree with that because action can't make it. You know, like when we were kind mm-hmm. of discussing Spider-Man, you know, two episodes ago. Yeah, there was a lot of action in the third movie, but there was still more plot than I'd say Matrix Reloaded. And there was still more yeah. like story that was told. And so for me, like I would still say Spider-Man 3 is a better movie than Matrix Reloaded. Simply because like yeah, the action was great, but Spider-Man at least had a better story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think the Matrix Reloaded, there was a lot there 
and there were, it could have been great, you know, with the the plot points yeah, that they had developed. Like 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 Chase Chase said, they they set it up so well in the first movie that it could have been like super great. Yeah, I think the plot on paper that they have there is not a bad plot, but the execution of that plot, and again, it, go, it goes back to the unnecessary convoluted nature of that plot makes it very difficult to receive, appreciate, and digest when it's just made so hard to understand a plot that's good. You know, I like the plot points. I like the direction the story took. I don't think it delivered an execution. I still love the movie, and it's mostly sentimental bias, and I will be completely honest about that. Uh, but there's a lot there that could have been better. Yeah. Okay. I, I wanted to hear you say that, so thank you. <laughs> it, took, it took some time, but we got it out of yeah. here. <laughs> like pulling teeth. You guys want to get into the next one? Yeah, so the next one is The Matrix Revolutions. And what I actually really dig about this series is that they came out with two sequels in the same year. Oh, right? yeah. So Matrix Revolution comes out. Uh, so Reloaded came out, I think, in April, and Revolutions was November, right, Chase? Correct. Yeah, I'll get into that. So I believe so. More than anything, they were shot at the same time. Um, I'd have to look that up to make sure. But the Matrix Reloaded came out uh, the fifteenth of May two thousand and three, and then literally six months later, on November fifth two thousand and three, the Matrix Matrix Revolutions came out. Um, and basically, the plot behind this is the human city of Zion defends itself against the massive invasion of the machines as Neo fights to end the war at another front while also opposing the rogue agent Smith. Um, I think the third one was a lot better in terms of convolutedness. It got rid of all the convoluted aspect of the I'm third one. Say, for me, I my most memorable moments from this whole series is from the third one, whether it's the train scene in the beginning, or the um, Battle of Zion, or Neo speaking with like the the machine in face form. You know, like what I'm talking about, where like the, yep. the machines make a face. And yeah, it's it's it, the finale or of the him battling uh, the agent for the final time in the rain. Like all those scenes to me are the first things I think of when I think of the Matrix, and they're all from this film. Yeah, the Matrix Revolutions yeah. is a league above the Reloaded. If we're being completely honest, it gets rid of all of the unnecessary, convoluted nature that the Matrix Reloaded instituted, and it's a great finale. It, it was a real balance back. It didn't do as well success like financially because the Matrix Reloaded really had mixed critical reception. Yeah, I actually wanted to mention that. So I believe the Matrix Reloaded, you know, everyone was obsessed with the first film. So they wait four years, they get the Matrix Reloaded. It ends up making $740 million at the box office, right? And this is like and 2002, then, right? That's 2003, early 2003. A lot of money 2003. And then, you know, it's just like everyone watches the film and then they get the end credits like there's another one coming up. Do I really want to see it? And that's kind of what leads into November when the Matrix uh, Revolutions only makes 420 million. Like it literally lost 300 million from the second film. And that yeah, just kind of shows you where the sequel leads into. Yeah, it's almost a 50% drop in uh, November, mm -hmm. which sucks. I yeah. love Revolutions. This is another one. This one is also, it's not as sentimental for me. I watched it just as much as a kid. I remember having this on DVD and re-watching the Battle of Zion over and over and over again. 
because that scene is it's the first battle in the real world in the entire trilogy and it's the only battle in the real world i mean there's like personal battles like people like fighting each other but this is the humans versus the machines and it's the end of the world and the film really makes it feel like the end of the world and it has such amazing cinematography in that moment there's such beautiful stills i've seen online and like people have made gifts and stuff like that of just some of the shots from that scene and i think it's incredible for a movie made in 2003 it's mind-blowing how good it looked yeah i really really enjoyed that scene um one of my favorite things about that scene is how they kind of introduce you to this like random kind of young kid who's just getting involved and it was cool because they didn't dive too deep on who he was but they they made you care about him enough to where throughout the battle you're very much like concerned with him and i thought that was like a nice thing to do to like bring us into like one of the people that are battling that aren't necessarily a main character that we don't want to see die you know yeah it doesn't it, again, it fixes, I feel like, a lot of the characterization issues from Matrix Reloaded with a lot of characters that you don't know what's going on, you don't even know their names, and you don't know their point. Two, they're focusing on a smaller group of characters. Even some of them are new characters. That kid was technically in Reloaded, but only for like a scene or two. Uh, but he really gets the time to shine, even just in small parts in Revolutions, and it's almost like he's the audience's surrogate in a way. Like, you're seeing the battle through his eyes. There's other people's eyes you see it through, too. Yeah, but um, it was kind of like he was taking us through the battle. Yeah, and it's one of the better scenes in the entire trilogy. I think after talking about all of the issues from Matrix Reloaded, it's kind of night and day <laughs> with the, the decisions. And this movie isn't perfect by any means. People have a lot of issues. I feel like a lot of those roll over from The Matrix Reloaded, though, in my personal opinion. I think a lot of the issues people have with this trilogy, the, the sequels is from The Reloaded and Revolution just gets the, the brunt end of the stick, if that makes sense. I would agree. So, is there anything else to say about the, uh, the sequels? Mm-hmm. Uh- no. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm kind of getting more into it. Who are your favorite characters from the trilogy? And why? I can go first. For mine, it's Morpheus. Um, might be a little obvious or cliche, but I just think he's such a badass character. And I really like the way Lawrence Fishburne portrays him because... I feel like even in Morpheus's lowest moments, we never see him like truly scared, which is so cool because he's kind of like this like at least for me as a viewer, he felt like this like godly character that like nothing bad could happen to. And yeah. I think like portrays it really, really well. And I just think he's such a badass in the series. Every time he was on screen, I never felt like he could die. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I completely Well, yeah. Even like in the first one where he's like about to die, you're just like, come I on, Neo. I was like, we're gonna get him. Come on, Neo, like do your job. <laughs> oh, I love that sequence. Lawrence Fishburne is spectacular in these films. Mm-hmm. Chase. So I would, I would obviously love to say Neo, but I'm not going to. So I'm gonna just go with the main antagonist himself and go with Agent Smith. Um, I just really 
Doug Agent Smith for the three films, you know, he is obviously the best of the best compared to the other agents. You know, he is just stronger and smarter than them. And he really, just throughout the films, is... The, I, I don't even know what, I really just don't know what to say, but, like, I just enjoyed his <laughs> him being the main villain through it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> He's a really great... Uh, I don't know if foil is the best way to put it, but really, you, you foiled Neo. Hugo Weaving does an excellent job of being the antithesis to the one. Where there's Neo... There is Agent Smith, and they are two sides of the same coin. Uh, and it, he does a, Hugo Weaving does an excellent job portraying that, in my opinion. And he poses just such a threat too. I, one of my favorite scenes is in Re, uh, Revolutions when Neo goes back into the Matrix and fights like four hundred Agent Smiths. If you guys remember yeah. that scene, mm-hmm. oh, it's so I love it. It's kind of cheesy, but it's so sick. Uh, he's incredible. What I also, yeah. I was gonna say, I also just liked about him is that he, you know, kind of realizes the Matrix itself, and kind of realizes that he is, you know, kind of a prisoner, um, as much as the, everyone else who is under control. So yeah, it kind of gives you that perspective through him as well, not just Neo. Yeah, but the end of it, he's trying to take over the Matrix and escape on his own, and the, that's why mm-hmm. the machines end up teaming up with Neo and sparing the humans is because Agent Smith needs to be stopped because he's that dangerous. Yep. And the final fight scene between Neo and Agent Smith is so incredible. Uh, my favorite character for this franchise is 100% Neo. I love him to death. I'm not going to go into that, though, because that's most people's favorite characters. Outside of Keanu Reeves as Neo, my favorite character is a character who's only in the first film, unfortunately enough. Uh, it's Tank. Tank is a kind of obscure operator. If you're a fan of The Matrix, you may or may not know who he is. He never plugs into the Matrix because he was born real deal outside of the Matrix, and he is one of the operators. He operates the phones. He's responsible for jacking them in, jacking them out, and making sure they're okay on the outside. And the reason why Tank's one of my favorite characters is, one, he's a cool-ass dude and he's a badass, uh, but two, the entire sequence in the first film where Cypher's slowly killing off the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar one by one, you know, killing all the people who are inside the Matrix currently plugged in. He shoots Tank, knocks him out cold. You assume Tank's dead. And he comes back and kills Cypher at the last second right before he kills Neo because he's given this whole monologue, like, if he's really the one, then God's going to smite me down and stop me, you know? And... Tank does just that, and he passes away. His brother is in the sequels, uh, but I love Tank because he is so great. Uh, and really, for that sequence, it's it just so awesome. It's one of my favorite sequences in the first film. Oh yeah! All right. Well, what were you guys' favorite moments? I know mine, but I'm I'll, I'm going to talk a lot. So yeah. <laughs> I'll go first then. So my favorite scene comes from the first movie, and it is the I know Kung Fu scene. Um, and really just I like that scene because Neo uh, gets you know programmed into his brain, and he says, I know Kung Fu. And it, it's just a, a great first impression of what you can do within the Matrix or outside of it. And 
uh, the fighting sequences through it. But I think one of the reasons I like this scene so much is I took a sales class like a couple years ago and they showed this scene because even though you know something, you still have to put the skills to the test to become great at it. And that is kind of what that scene is. Even though he knows it, he still can't beat Morpheus. Like he still has to learn and practice and get better, even though it's programmed into him to be able to do it. So I think that's just a very unique scene. And uh, I liked it. That's a good one. It's a really classic scene. And it's so cheesy, but it's so great. I love the line specifically. I know Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. I'll go to mine next. Yeah. Um, Mine's just the Battle of Zion. I think it's by far the most entertaining moment in the entire trilogy. Um, I think it keeps you on the edge of your seat. That scene where that guy, I don't know who he is, but he's like in the big Warhammer type thing. And he's like fighting thousands and thousands of the, the machines. And he's like getting scratched up all over his face. And he's just like, you know, he's so badass in that moment. I think is just like one of the coolest scenes. And you, it sucks too because he dies. Um, but then between that and then also the ship trying to like Jada Pickett Smith and the other guy's character, them trying to get through, um, to then also following that boy and him trying to reload all the ammo and everything. Like, I just feel like that scene was done so well. And I I think it's the best one in the trilogy. It's really good. It's a really classic scene. So... That scene's great. I'm just thinking about it right now. This, especially the, that. Oh man, uh, what's that guy's name? He's one of the commanders. Let me look it up. You can look it up actually while I go into detail about my scene because that that scene's great. Uh, my favorite scene. You guys probably already know what it is because I think I said it earlier. Is in the original Matrix, and it has always been my favorite scene. And when I think of the Matrix, this is the exact scene that I think of. And it's when Neo and Trinity are going to save Morpheus. They get the whole room filled of guns because we're going to need some firepower. They get their weapons, and they're going to a suicide mission. There's no way they can fight an agent and make it out alive. You know, no one's ever done this. But Trinity's staying by his side because he's the one. And Neo's going because he believes in himself. And they get to this like bank building that Dan was talking about earlier. And the scene that follows is my favorite scene in the trilogy. It's so incredibly badass. They go through security. A metal detector goes off. They, he opens up his trench coat filled to the brim with guns, submachine guns, assault rifles, ammunition, just everything. The guy looks in complete awe. And then they just start shooting and they kill the security guards. They kill an entire team full of SWAT members. They kill so many guys in that lobby. And it has such some of the most memorable scenes of the trilogy where they're doing cartwheels running on the wall in slow motion. They're going, oh man, I'm just, this scene's playing in my head right now. His Um, name is First Operator at Command. First Operator at Command? Yeah, so he doesn't even actually have a, a real name. She doesn't have a name. Damn. Really? That's funny. That's disappointing. <laughs> uh, but the the scene when they save Morpheus is specifically when they pass through security and that fight scene. It's only like a couple of minutes, but I that is what I think of when I think of the Matrix, and it's my favorite scene in the entire trilogy. Runner up would be the uh, the highway scene in Matrix Reloaded. Well. Not every scene is great. 
What's your guys' least favorite moments or aspects of the trilogy? Uh, I can go first. For me, I just think the pacing uh, in these movies, not in the first one, um, and not so much even in the third one. I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's really the second one where the pacing is just really off, and it kind of just ruined the the momentum for me. Yeah, there's definitely some issues with pacing that film. So that's fine. <laughs> um, for me, I would say just the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I really did like the first one so much, and I was excited to watch the second. I think within the first 15, 20 minutes of the second, I just didn't enjoy it. And I think that was just, as you said, Frankie, earlier, is the overabundance of new characters into the film. It's like, where were these people in the first film? And it kind of just, they just threw them at you. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, that kind of just, after the second film, it kind of just made me not really dig the third, which you kind of already said is kind of a lot of people's opinions is it kind of sours the, the uh, sequels because of the second. But the third is obviously way better. Um, but I don't know. I, if it was my choice, I would say just make it, a solo movie don't you don't need to make a sequel to it or whatever but obviously that's not what hollywood's gonna do they're gonna try to make as much money as possible off of it and you know sure enough they did they made a couple billion dollars off the series so um oh, yeah. yeah that would be my uh my least favorite of that good to know my least favorite uh is really just the and i i, I already told them earlier just the unnecessary convoluted nature of the sequel matrix reloaded it is so off-putting to a lot of fans because it's again, it's not that complex of a plot. It is, but the way they deliver it is just so unnecessary. And there's a lot of artistic vision involved, I guess. Uh, but it's so unnecessary that makes it unwatchable or loathed by a lot of the fans who love the first one that just don't even consider the sequels part of it. Where I love both the sequels, but The Matrix Reloaded makes it. <laughs> it makes it hard to defend. Yeah, uh, I honestly would say Matrix Reloaded didn't need to happen. Like, as much as like the first movie is a standalone, I did want to see because they kind of plug, you know, Zion and there being this city. So I would say like take the Matrix Reloaded out of it and just have Matrix and Matrix Revolution because that's all we really want to see. We want to see Neo fight the agent and we want to see the people of Zion free. You know what I mean? We yeah. don't care about everything else in the middle. Like. That entire second movie, I just feel like, can just be ripped out completely. It's like if The Two Towers was an objectively bad movie. <laughs> it's kind of similar. Not as bad, but similar. Uh, the way, yeah, because The Two Towers is not... It, it, it's got some issues, but it's not bad uh, by any means. Uh, the Matrix Reloaded has issues that are very apparent. Awesome. Well, leading into that, what's your guys' favorite film of the bunch? Mine might be obvious, but it's definitely Revolutions. I just think that the whole Battle of Zion is worth the worth the wait, I'd say. And like it was so it was like that's all I was really waiting for. Like while watching the second one, I was like, I just want to see the Battle of Zion. Like I I really <laughs> just want to see that. And it's definitely worth the wait. It's such a good battle. And then that final battle with Agent uh, Smith and Neo is so badass when he like punches him into the ground and it like creates this huge shock wave. Oh yeah. Like they, I've, I can name so many movies that have like st not stolen, but like been inspired by that type of fighting and you know action. It pioneered a lot of you know the way that that kind of stuff 
Uh, oh yeah, especially in the you know early mid two thousands, that was definitely a theme in a lot of movies. You go back and watch that movie Charlie's Angels, and it's like the entire thing is like a tribute to the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like they're constantly fighting in slow mo. They're constantly like bringing their fingers to be like you know the the come on pose where you like move your hands. Yeah, the whole thing is like a tribute. And there's so many movies that came out in the two thousands that you can just tell are like the Matrix. And I just feel like it pioneered such a style of movie. Yeah, I was I would say I don't think bullet time was a thing in Hollywood before the Matrix where he like slows down time and like dodges all the bullets in the first one. I don't think that was a thing like, before yeah, Spider Man. Like, yeah, that was kind of like a matrix mm-hmm. call right there, you know? Yeah. It really led the industry in a lot of aspects. <laughs> Chase? Well, I was also just gonna to add to that, just even I remember this on the playground as kids, you would do that. You'd lean back and well yeah. back and forth right. like that. I mean, I didn't it, even it, it at the time. Exactly, right? It's just such a classic thing. Like, you saw someone else do it, and then it's just like, yeah, I'm going to do that too. The Matrix. Like, well, what the hell is that? So It was viral before things could go viral. Right? It was like <laughs> doorknob or something like that. Um, For me, though, I think it's pretty uh, obvious, but mine is The Matrix, just the OG film. And if you kind of just look back the last five movie series you re- reviewed, I think every single one of mine is the OG. I just like the first films and most series, but... Just the concept of this film, the uh, the fact that it's a simulated world. I thought the acting was awesome in it. And then just the action as well. It holds up 21 years later. And it just, the whole concept of it just, it makes for a great film. And I, I do wish the sequels were better because I think this would be an amazing trilogy in my opinion. But Matrix, that's my favorite. Yeah, uh, I... No matter how much trash I've talked on Matrix Reloaded, I really just kind of try to be objective with, uh, unbiased and objective with it. It holds a ton of sentimental value for me. I love that film. It's one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. But my favorite to this day is the original Matrix. I love the film and the universe to which house he's created. It completely pioneered an entire genre. And it took from a lot of older films, but re almost like republished it for a newer generation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so iconic with literally all the scenes. There's so much scenes from the matrix that people who haven't seen it. Oh, they know it. You know, there's a lot of that going on in this film. And I, I love what matrix has done for Hollywood and just how it's trailblazed. I don't even know what the rest of the word is, but you know, it's it's led the way. <laughs> if you guys were to uh, give ratings, what would your ratings be on for each of the films? Uh, I can go first with the first one. I think it's such a good film. Uh, very, very entertaining. Love it a lot. Um, and it's such a good start to like the trilogy, even though the trilogy didn't even end up being good, it's such a good start, you know what I mean, to that. Um, um, so I would give it an 8.5. Alright. I could dig that. I actually, I'm going to go a little higher than that. I, I for all of it, all for all it's worth, I really enjoyed this film. I'm going to give it a 9. I think it was just an awesome movie and an awesome concept for that. It, it, it gets a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going higher. I what this film has done for Hollywood, I've I've just mentioned it. What it's done for Hollywood and action films, uh, I think 
is incredible and is very difficult to replicate. There's not many films that are this influential. There are films, obviously, that are influential, um, but they're few and far between. And The Matrix is one of those films. This film's a 9.5 for me, uh, both because I love it. I don't think there's very much they could have done to make it even better and what it's done for Hollywood as a whole. Mm. Amazing film. Do you want to go into The Matrix Reloaded, Frankie? Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to have the highest score out of the three, and I will be completely forthcoming in saying that my score has a lot to do with my personal sentimental value that this film holds. I think we were talking a couple of months ago when we were filming the podcast, like, what's your feel-good movie when you're trying to like watch a movie to make you feel better? For me, it's like The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Evolutions, like movies where you can kind of turn your brain off and just watch what's happening on the screen. Uh, these movies just have such a sentimental value for me, even though there are objectively tons of problems with them. Uh, Matrix Reloader is an 8.3 out of 10 for me. Really high rating, uh, considering everything that I said, and it wouldn't hold this high of a rating uh, if I had seen it just this year. You know, it'd probably be in the sevens, if that. Uh, but based off that sentimental value, I really enjoy this film. Mm. Uh, I could I could dig that. Uh, for me, it's going to be a lot lower than that. Unfortunately, I'm going to give it a five flat out of ten. Um, it just after the first film, I was so stoked to see it, and I I just could not uh, pull myself in for it as much as the first film. That's a low rating. Yeah, I, I know. Almost I'm, Twilight. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I I'm actually interested in watching Twilight Eclipse, maybe over The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> oh my god. Mm-hmm. Or um, what was the movie you just talked about the other day that we didn't want to talk about in the action? Um, Extraction. I would Extraction. watch that over The Matrix Reloaded. I think I gave that a higher rating. Damn. <laughs> All right, well, I'll go into mine. It's not going to be that low, uh, but it's definitely not going to be very high i just do not think it's a very good movie or entertaining at all so i'm giving it a six five below average but still above mm-hmm. failing it wasn't a complete failure i think there was a lot there that i just missed the mark with yeah you wanna... I, I, huh i was just gonna say and i don't know like you can't say they rushed it to like make it out. Like it was four years later. Like they just thought, right? You know, Two thousand three. Like, hey, this is going to be good, and it just fell flat. And I don't know if that's because of uh, the directors or or what it was, but I just don't yeah. know if they had the right advice going into it, thinking this is the correct thing to do. I'd be really interested to see if there's like documentaries or something that talk about the production of the Matrix and kind of find out what went wrong with Reload in particular. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. lead off the reviews for Matrix Revolutions, Dan? Yep. Or Chase? Oh, Either one. <laughs> Do it. My name is first. As you can tell, uh, Frankie doesn't read the doc. <laughs> so for me, Matrix Revolutions, I actually really liked it a lot more. And as Dan said in his favorite moment, The Battle of Zion, um, that actually gives me a huge deciding factor in this film. And because of that, I'm actually going to give it a seven flat. Um, digged it a lot more than The Matrix Reloaded. And uh, because of that, I would really like to watch this one again great action movie i feel like it's the best way to put it Mm -hmm. i would agree i will go next um piggyback off of what chase said it's just a really good 
action movie. That Battle of Zion is so great. Um, so I would actually give this an eight O. I think this movie is like just a B. Nice. I'm definitely gonna have the highest score again. I <laughs> I I love these movies. They're for the longest time my two favorite film franchises were the Lord of the Rings and the Matrix. And there's a pretty sentimental reasons as to why. Uh, but the Matrix Revolutions is just up there with me. I remember watching this movie in theaters. I remember watching it on DVD, like on portable DVD players and stuff like that. This is the one where I'd watch on DVD player and just rewind to that Battle of Zion scene over and over and over, and then the Mr. Smith fight scene. Uh, it fixes a lot of the sins committed by the Matrix Reloaded. It's not as sentimental to me as the Reloaded is, but I still think it's great and it's obviously better than Reloaded. It's an 8.5 out of 10 for me. I'm actually surprised on your rating. I'm very surprised by your rating. You only think it's two points higher than Reloaded. Yeah. Yeah, I was was expecting it to be like a nine. So here, Revolutions isn't a nine for me. There's just that much sentimental value associated with Reloaded for me. If that makes sense. Yeah, I I could understand that. Objectively, Revolutions is a much better film. (laughs) You know, I just, I love Reloaded. So what is it? Uh, 8.5 out of 10. 